Everybody's got to start somewhere. And for Josh, it's always the bottom. Yep. Wow. All right. Let's uh, do a show or something. Here we go. Mm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 474 being recorded on November 1st, 2017. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. And show notes. I'm Josh Hara. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Alan Alventano. Uh, the part of Josh is being played by a stuffed version of Josh. It's, uh, you know, things happened, but we got him uh, to, what do you call the people who do the stuffing of animals so that they can be taxidermists? There you go, oh, taxidermist. Yeah. We took yeah. Josh to a taxidermist. And it's difficult to find one in Wyoming. I bet there's no, a not. lot. I bet there's a higher concentration of taxidermy in Wyoming <laughs> <Yeah>. to people. <laughs> That's where they are. In any other Fortunately, country, it's you just, all bad you just taxidermy. Send, you just send all the, the animals. You send all the dead animals to Wyoming, and that's where they do it. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, we're going to talk about computer hardware. If you listen to the audio version, welcome. Uh, video version, you can see you have a little little bit of a breakdown on our on our rundown there about what we're going to discuss. Uh, quick reminder here pcpro.com slash podcast i always say this at the end i meant to say at the beginning if you are interested in any of the stories we talk about the links um those are all included in our show notes at pcpro.com slash podcast you can find everything we discuss or mention or whatever show notes pick of the week all that stuff will be included there all the subscription options and and whatnot as well we do record the show live on wednesday nights 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific we are doing so right now at pcpro.com slash live uh, you can go there. There's a chat room. You can hang out. You can watch it before we, you know, clean it up and actually distribute it. Uh, if that's something you're into, um, I am also watching the World Series here. It's an exciting game seven. I'm interested to see what happens. It's uh, the bottom of the fifth. Houston's up five to nothing. Uh, there's going to be uh, one out here in the bottom of the fifth. So I'll keep everybody in the running. I hope that's not against. I probably would get shut down by the MLB. Is that yeah, because like, like uh, yeah. unauthorized use or any kind of description, right? Description against of the law. The, the, Don't say the, the score. Know. It's uh, a number above zero to zero. That's it. Is now, that pretty vague? Now we're going to be taken down. Mm. Thank God. Uh, if you go to pcper.com <laughs> slash subscribe, you can get this little form here that basically uh, is your way to have a gentle reminder about what we are doing and when and why. And you give us your name and your email address. I send you an email before we do our live streams. Uh, whether it be this podcast or any other other random ones we do, which I think I have at least two lined up between now and the end of the year, maybe a third one as well. So those usually involve giving away hardware and prizes and whatnot, so uh, worth signing up for that mailing list. We really, really only use it for that. I joke about it, but Josh does not have access to it, so we should be good. We should be good there. Should Have our Patreon campaign running, patreon.com slash pcper. This is your... Uh, outlet to contribute to us on a recurring monthly basis. If you feel like that's something you would like to do, maybe you run an ad blocker. Maybe you just think the content we produce is absolutely astounding. Maybe you think Josh is a uh, hilarious uh, and his wit and mm. humor should be, I, I'm just, I'm stretching Josh. I'm trying to find new patrons mm-hmm. here uh, should be rewarded, <laughs> right? You could do that at patreon.com slash PC per. We really, really super appreciate it. Anybody that becomes a new patron or increases their patronage during the live stream of this, uh, will have their name called out. We will, we will mention them and thank them and all that type of good stuff. Uh, so feel free to do that during the show. In fact, we encourage it. Uh, and uh, a couple of the things, if you're not following our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash PC we have posted another mailbag. It's number 15 on that list. That's 15 weeks in a row that I have talked into a microphone 
much like I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, but but basically monologuing uh, and interacting with questions from the YouTube channel and from our comments. It's uh, pretty exciting stuff there, uh, if I do say so myself. And then also uh, we do the PC Per Plays on a mostly regular basis. This week we played Wolfenstein 3D, which is – I believe that needs to be in that title in there, right? Because Wolfenstein is different than Wolfenstein 3D. This is 1992. It does, yeah. Well, the other one wasn't just Wolfenstein either because it was Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Yes. right. Uh, and R- this, you get to, to see Castle me get through like eight or nine levels of this game, and I'm going to admit it's pretty. I was pretty good at it. Um, and also, um, game design was bad back then. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like it was state of the art every, back then. I yes, technically, I get it. Game design was all of these doors look identical. Please go to all of the doors. Yeah, yeah. I think you mean the, level design, game design. Well, yeah, okay. sure. Uh, the uh, I believe the intro to this video is my line of this door just opens to more doors. And that's pretty much the entirety of the gameplay of Wolfenstein 3D. Uh, still great. Still good Mr. music. Secret. Still worth watching. Yeah, uh, I didn't get many of the secrets, so I do apologize for that. Uh, but I did get all that sweet, sweet Nazi gold all to myself. So <laughs> there's that. Belongs in a museum. It does. Mm. Uh, yes, right after I sell it, it'll belong in a museum. Let's get into talking about some hardware. We're going to start with storage stuff. The Intel Optane SSD 900P. This is the consumer. Uh-oh. You locked your computer by throwing uh, a credit card at it. How about that? Now I got it back. Now it's back. Right. Yeah, we're good. Um, the, this is the Intel Optane SSD 900P. This is the consumer version of Optane storage. We first saw Optane as a caching mechanism for hard drives and SSDs and whatnot yep. that came on 16 and 32 gig sticks, essentially, if you will. Um, this is a completely different beast. This yeah, is a PCIe add-in full thing. So uh, what's different about this oops, from the um, uh, the previous thing? Is it really just capacity at this point? Is that like technically Basically, that's the only difference? Basically, I mean, you get a little bit... Uh, so as far as your latency and your IOP, IOPs are actually more similar than you might think, especially at the lower Q-depths, which yeah. is where we normally care about, right? Um, you do get higher maximum numbers out of this because there's, you know, there's more of the cross-point stuff Running on more there. channels. There's more channels, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, controller might actually be a tiny bit slower than uh, than what is on the Optane memory on the caching devices really? uh, because that's a much simpler controller on those. Because it's only talking to 16 gig or 32 gig, it's sure. not you know it's not doing all of the all of the things that this controller is doing. Um, but you know we're talking we're kind of splitting hairs on like latency, if you want to you know say which one's actually faster, right? But uh, rating on these is less than 10 microseconds typical right. response time. Um, Obtained memory was like seven or nine microseconds, which was, is also less than 10. True. True. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think is worth pointing out here is that the bandwidth numbers, like the sustained read-write numbers here, are actually spec'd lower than like a 960 Pro. Yeah. Right? Like the 960 Pro is rated at what, 3.2 reads and 2.5 writes? Is that what it is? Yes. Doesn't Gigs per second? Hitting those numbers is tricky. But sure. Yeah. But even like, even like best, like Intel specs are lower than the 960 Pro, which I think might be something that people go, well, how is yeah, this why? so great? Why is this so right? Exactly. Well, not even just why, but like, okay, well, congratulations until you release like a flop. Yeah. Well, okay. So how do so you get around that? You have to. You have to realize 
what the pedigree of this product is. This is the controller from the P4800X. Which is an enterprise part. Which is an enterprise part. Mm-hmm. The enterprise part was designed uh, not to have blistering, you know, sequential throughput numbers. Mm-hmm. It was designed to have the lowest possible latency. Okay. Right. Um, realize we're coming from, you know, flash memory devices that had latencies that were on the order of like 100 microseconds. This thing does it in a tenth of that. Right. Right. Um, so you have to start really kind of like tuning the heck out of everything in that pipeline when you start, when you drop down to a tenth of the latency, right? Mm. Um, otherwise, you just, you're just losing your benefit, right? If the controller was too slow or took too long to do something or whatever, right? Um, so Intel basically tuned that controller, the one for the P4800X, uh, to be, you know, low latency at all costs. And that even meant sacrificing the things like the higher Q depth, maximum sequential and maximum IOPS and, and that stuff. Right. Right. They were just like, look, we, we want the most responsive SSD possible for enterprise. And then this is simply a version of that SSD with, granted, they're putting, uh, you know, the, the memory, the media is arranged slightly differently. There's, you know, um, trying to remember, it's a seven channel controller, right. not an 18 channel controller, like from the NAND parts, right? Even though the layout looks the same, it's still like the same size PCB. Well, the chip layout even looks similar between the Crosspoint and NAND. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the point is just responsiveness, low latency at all costs. And the your high Q depth numbers actually matter less when the device has such a fast response time. Because it's at unlikely the lower to get to the higher yeah, Q depth. It's already, you know, you give it four things at a time. It's answered them like more more likely than not. It has answered each one of them before the next one has come in. Even right. so, in other words, you're never even exceeding Q depth of one for a majority of the time with something that's this fast. Sure, right. Um, so Bef- you know, before so you get to performance to, results, yeah, I do need to point out you get a sweet ass Star Citizen ship if you buy this. Uh, you do. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I think this. So this is an interesting partnership between the two because, like, Star Citizen is one of those technological. It's one of those games where, like, maybe technology would be an improvement for it. And Intel kind of talked a little bit about uh, how lower latency storage, uh, yeah. could improve that. Yeah. Regardless of that, I just think it's interesting that you there's the pack the, in for the this stock photos a, that we got. One of them included a Star Citizen boom. ship. Boom. Look at that. Which actually looks pretty cool as far as space game I ships guess. go. I'm, like I said before, I'm disappointed that there's not like a 900p logo. Yeah, they should. They really should have put something. some kind of like you know. Or even put like cross X point. You can get or something. it, but that's an extra hundred bucks. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's a um, So what that what that chip actually means though is you're basically getting the game for free. It's the equivalent of getting a game for free. Okay. Because you are well, I think get, you could argue if Star Citizen's actually a game or well, not. But, but the you first can, you can run around and look at your ship. They're not. In the I hangar. don't know if this is going to change, but I mean, currently they're not charging a monthly su- subscription like like many stuff. MMOs are. If you buy a ship, now you're in the game, right? Yes, because it you gives you the option to to do other things. Yeah, like maybe you lose you, that ship. You don't have to keep. Well, there's insurance. Or buy insurance. There's insurance. other. Yeah, there's insurance. <laughs> that, it, they said on the call that this ship is supposed to come with like lifetime insurance. Yeah, it's got a lifetime policy on it. Which is just mind-boggling so you, to so talk about, So you get the game for honestly. free, 
And you get a ship that if it is stolen or destroyed, you blow it up or whatever, it's still tied to your thing. Like, you still get the ship back. Yeah, it's unique enough. to the, Now, how can you know, I commit Starsis and insurance fraud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I give it to Alan and I ask for another ship back. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. All yeah. right, anyway. Anyway. So I, I've been scrolling through the pictures of the card. It looks like a PCIe uh, SSD. Basically, for there's, there's nothing like special about this, especially if you've seen teardowns nope. of prior, you know, Intel SSDs. It really is. What this. performance page do I want to look at? Uh, you want to go to. Um, first go to the focus of either one, like the, yeah, Got it. pick that one, scroll down a I little did. bit. Okay. So this is where we just show like the sequential read, sequential write speeds. Now, usually we only do burst because we've transitioned to only doing like the, our burst testing, mm-hmm. which, uh, which acts more like intermittent use as opposed to saturated. Right. Um, and we do that because, you know, you have a SLC caching NAND SSD. You don't, you want to see what the cache would do. You don't want to know like after you've written to it for 20 seconds straight at a speed that you couldn't get anything else from anywhere else in your system. Right. Like that's what it takes to saturate those things usually. So usually we only do burst. Well, I put both in there. It doesn't look like both. It looks, yeah, they're the same. You can see a little bit of a variance like right here. So kind of reinforcing the point and even like the next chart is the, oh wait. Yeah. The next chart is the random performance or 4k random same difference so this controller really doesn't care what kind of a workload is how sustained it is it's really just like yeah you know i don't even think it really cares about a queue like a nand ssd does it just does the things as fast as they come in if they have to wait in a little bit of a line like i don't think it spends the time or the reset resources to even reorder the queue right like a nand ssd can actually you know, do what a hard drive can do also, which is to reshuffle the queue around. This doesn't behave in a way where it's even even cares about any of that because it would take processing, which would take time, which sure. would delay the other stuff it needs to do, right? It's just get everything done as fast as possible. So what okay. else do I want to look at here? Uh, next, you can go to the just sequential and random comparison. So that's where we're showing, you know, these two capacities versus just some other NAND stuff, right? Um, so sequential writes... Uh, even though you have potentially higher specs from other other devices, yep, that's, that's not what that's not what happens here for writes at least. Um, super fast, right? Fat, king of the hill as far as your sequential write speeds, right? Um, then scroll down. Now you get sequential reads. This is where Samsung cleans house, specifically yep. nine sixty Pro. That's yeah, the, gray the, the gray line. The gray line up top, the nine sixty Pro five twelve gig is it's higher super from Q one all the way up to thirty two. Yep, it just yep. takes the cake. All the way across the board, right? Um, and that's not necessarily because the 900p was slower. It's just because Samsung is faster uh, on sequential uh, rates. Is that the same thing? Uh, In other words, the 900p's read and write oh. speeds are, are equal, basically. They're very close. Whereas, to each other. Whereas the 960... Pros is more asymmetric, like the writes are yeah. much slower than the reads. Okay. See what I mean? It, you, no. It, okay. What you first said doesn't make any sense, but that fine. That's fine. Sorry, the second sorry. part you said. So you can see like this orange line, which overlaps with the light blue line, is the 900p. And so you can see even the 960 Evo eventually goes past it once you get to QD8 or something yeah, like that, right? but that actually hurts it like in our – because what a system will actually do when you do a sequential transfer yeah. is it kind of gives it batches of QD8s. So it's like eight IOs sure, go, sure. and then that starts it dwindles down to one. And as soon as it runs out, the OS gives it another eight, right? Well, that means it's running in that 
that dish. Uh, oh, I gotcha. It I keeps gotcha. bouncing around yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth sure. within that dish part of the okay. curve there. So it actually can, it like falls short yeah. of a 900p. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let's go to the next page. Uh, this is like the more important one. This is our client QDEPTH weighted this is one that, results. That is more representative of what a consumer this cares is, about. Yeah, this is you're just trying to use your computer to do stuff to do either random stuff or sequential kind of workloads, what are you going to, like, this translates to what you're going to feel. Right. Right. Uh, And notice that the writes for the NAND parts, the writes are only a little bit better on this, but that's because you're actually writing to to a buffer when you write at a low Q depth to a NAND SSD. Mm -hmm. Because there's multiple dies. There's DRAM on there, right? And there's, well, effectively, it's, it's more like SRAM. It's like a okay. it's a it's a input buffer on each die, right? So whenever you write a 4K to to yeah. some address, it's a, it's a it'll it'll go to of one sorts. of the dies on the SSD, but it's acknowledged to the system as soon as it makes it to the die, right? Well, it still hasn't committed to flash yet, right? So that takes much longer. That's why you get NAND parts that when you look at writes, which are the red bars on that chart, that's orange. It, it's or sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when you look at those, it's glowy though. They're pretty, you know, they're pretty close to the the best that this 900p can do, right? Yeah. Uh, however, when you look at reads, now you're actually waiting on flash to do something before you get the data. And it's notice, hard to fake a read. Yeah, you can't really you can't really fake that. You have to provide the result, right? Which means the whole chain has to be satisfied front to back, and then and then back again, basically. So, so Alan, um, is there a, is there a real big asterisk to the non-obtain parts here for the right performance because they're not committed to stable storage once they're acknowledged? I mean, I can't really call it cheating, mm. right? The only thing you can disclaim is that you're a little bit more at risk if you had power. Like this is why you had power loss protection on different SSDs, right? Mm-hmm. In-flight right. data being protected, and you used to have capacitors, yeah. and now. The in-flight data or the, the data protection or the power loss protection thing for SSDs nowadays is really will guarantee that the metadata won't be corrupted. Right. In other words, you won't brick mm. your drive by losing power in the middle of a write. We'll make sure that that doesn't happen. But what they can't really guarantee is that if, if the data is not in the flash and you yank power and it's just a little M.2 SSD with no capacitance, like chances are that data did not make it. Whatever, right. that, whatever that write was. So, so the block device is consistent but not necessarily all those rights are going to be committed. Yeah. So you do have a right hole. Yeah, there is a right hole. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't apply for the Optane. As far as I understand, it, that acknowledgement doesn't have, like it literally creates a path straight through the controller to the Optane, to the cross point mm-hmm. die, mm-hmm. right? And when that right is acknowledged, it's already written. Okay. Because where else is it even going to put it? Right. Right. It's such a low latency thing. It's not like it's buffering. It's not like there's caches. Mm-hmm. The, the caching, there's not even DRAM on so, the 900P. Mm-hmm. Like usually an SSD has DRAM. On, on the reads on this, you're talking about the difference of 25,000 IOPS versus 100,000 yeah, IOPS. That's, that's a, a significant delta. That's a significant difference. The question people are going to ask is, Will I feel a 4x difference in performance th- because of that? You have to be doing something that's purely random. Okay. So this test is okay. 4K random. Okay. So if we go down to sequential, it's okay. The story changes. I yeah. got it. Okay. You go down to sequential, the story changes, and this you actually saw a tease of this a little bit earlier because this is just like the you know looking at reasonable. The writes are actually faster here than the 960 Pro. The writes were faster. Yeah. Even when we looked at it before. Yeah. 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 yeah, um, yeah. But the reads, as you would expect, 
faster for the 960 Pro on reads. Yeah. But the Evo, notice how it's basically a tie. Sure. Because it was kind of bouncing. It was kind of trading blows with it yeah. between QDEF 1 and 8. Right? Which is where the client QD stuff is, is that, left. That's what it's waited for, yeah. Uh, now, one more chart down is where it really, this really shows. We don't usually show this chart, but because um, it's kind of like, you know, a mishmash of a bunch of SSDs all fighting each other. Yep. But there's obviously a difference between the orange. So there's two up top. It, what am I looking at? This is basically a uh, the bottom uh, uh, scale, if you will, is this is the difference between reads and writes. Yeah. And what we Everything notice in between. on most SSDs is that as you are writing to an SSD, the read performance of it suffers. Well, the read performance, not so much that. If it was like, this is different. This is showing uh, different data. The what you're looking at here is for fifty. Say you were writing fifty fifty. Yep. So fifty percent reads, fifty percent writes. Right. Um, the read performance causes a bigger hit to the latency and to the performance compared to the writes. So okay. it's able to, it's able to send writes relatively quickly. But if you want to also read at the same time, the fall off is very sharp. You only do a, you only toss in a little bit of reads. And it throws off all the NAND parts. Okay. No, notice how quickly they yep. fall off. Yep, right? this, this part right here. Yeah. Whereas the Optane parts just climb because they have slightly better read performance than they do write performance. And there's no dish to it. There's no, you know, it doesn't dip in the middle. It just basically is an almost horizontal line. Right. Or an almost, you know, straight line going from the performance that the Axon writes to the performance of Axon reads. And where you're going to operate in just normal use of a system is going to be more towards the right. Yeah, towards that 80-90% yeah. and beyond. Yeah, like a reasonable, side. like the the number you usually see tossed around for a typical client-style like workload is 70 or 80% read, which is, you know, three-quarters of the way over on mm-hmm. that. And that's where the two Optane drives are just, there's just a huge gap there, right, in yeah. performance. Um, huh. It's pretty crazy. Um, and then the mixed burst which is more like a sequential read and a sort of a random write mixed. Uh, it's not at a very high Q depth. It's like Q depth two or something. It is two. Um, it's supposed to be, uh, this is modeled after you have a, like a BitTorrent download or something going on in the background. Right. Uh, at the same time, you're either launching applications that are kind of larger in size, like more of a sequential style read, uh, or game level loads are actually also very similar to this loading a couple of hundred megabytes at a time, right? That seems reasonable for a game to load textures yep. for the next level, right? Yeah. Um, and usually games have that stuff in like, you know, packaged format. So the storage only sees really a sequential read, okay? Um, as soon as you added that little bit of a background write, which is the only, only the equivalent of like 20 megabytes per second, right? which is nothing Correct. compared to what these things can do. Um, that was enough for the Optane drives to climb pr- well past the even yeah, the 960 Pro, right? So 960 Pro gets tripped up because its flash is busy trying to do writes, you know, even though it wasn't that many writes. Um, so that impacts the read performance. And then your read service time is where it shows you, okay, this is more like what you're going to feel. If you have some load on your system and you're doing these kinds of things, uh, What's oh that's uh you got to scroll down a little more, oh. yeah. Um, notice I put a SSD seven hundred and fifty in this chart, Look which is what, Intel's previous, which is their expensive yeah enterprise based NAND SSD that they made for client right. 
to to get through this test, it takes like it's twenty seconds worth of reading instead of three point four. Instead of three point four, yeah, it's a big difference. Um, yeah. Um, so leaving some of this behind, we don't need to go into trim speeds no, or the no, 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 the no. rate testing and that type of stuff. But if we look at this, like it's cost wise, it's it's high, right? So this is a uh, it's the 480 gig. It's available in 480 and 280, which is a little bit odd. But the 480 is 600 bucks, yep. right? So it's a dollar 25 a gig. It's significantly more expensive than a 960 Pro is. It is. However, it's like what? What does that work out to? Like 2x? Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah, about right. Yeah. Um, you're talking about something that has like a fraction of the latency, though. Like, for, sure. in other words, for what it is. Uh, if your workload, if the thing you're doing, if the things you're doing with your system, if you're really hard on your storage, um, it's probably worth more than two X the money to you to, you know, if your storage was your bottleneck, even with a 960 yeah. pro, right. This offers a substantial increase in I think performance. And, we, and we've seen it in some other outlets, a, a significant like workstation advantage to these types of things too. Yes. That do see more specific um uh, uh storage based throttle or bottlenecks i guess i would say yeah. uh for yeah, yeah. It. and uh the other part which actually um is right there that chart yeah um there was i think it was like the factorio developer a couple months back had a blog where they were complaining that like hey our drive we're actually hitting the endurance limits right. of our drive because we're doing these compiles right yep. uh well Look at those endurance figures. So this is something that that developer would probably look at if it was only 2x the cost of the NAND thing. True. But if they're worried about burning out, you know, wearing out their drive, well, you're probably not going to wear that out anytime soon because that's like 20 times higher number than the... Interesting. Than the 960 Pro. What, when will I see a higher capacity than this? Uh, I think I think they plan to do like 960 and, and up. I think it's just okay. a matter of, you know... You run into that thing where that SSD would be over a grand, and that's that kind of barrier where, like, it's, you know, the, right. reason, you, the reason you don't see so many four terabytes out of SSDs on the market and all these other, you know, <laughs> people want the really high capacity, but when you just have a really high dollar amount will on this, a computer thing. Will this make NAND right? SSDs 10 cents a gig? Uh, no, it might help push it down a little right. in the long run, but, <laughs> I mean, this is not going to, like, it's not meant to be a replacement yeah, no, I know. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. You know, in this case, it kind of is because it's a client, like a consumer it's a SSD, SSD, where you would potentially just have yeah, your yeah. system with only that SSD installed, sure. Right. Um, in that respect, it's a replacement. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, I can see down the road where you'd have, like, uh, Intel's next, like, NAND client SSD, like if they made, a, you know, a successor to the 750. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see a die or two of Crosspoint on there acting as a cache. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. Then you can go all the way out and just make a, a a TLC drive. Don't worry about an SLC cache. Just use a crosspoint cache. Yeah, right. Would that well, we can talk. We can figure out that out when we get to that point. It would be it would be better be cheaper. Um, it wouldn't be cheaper. It'd probably be about the same cost, okay. but the performance would be amazing, especially if it was aggressively caching random stuff in the cro- in the yeah. crosspoint, right? Yeah. But well, if you guys want to know more on that, Alan's full review is still up there. Still, it will always be up there forever right, in, yeah. into infinitum uh, at PCPro.com. Check that out. Uh, but we've talked about it for a long time. So let's move on and, and talk about some other stuff. Oh, wait, here's Editor's Choice for that. It's expensive, uh, but in terms of like top-level consumer performance, 
hard to yeah, beat. Yeah, you're you're getting actually not hard to beat, impossible. The to beat. the the top the like the IOPS and the maximum throughput specs of this product are the same as an enterprise product that Intel makes that costs like five times as much money. Don't tell the enterprise that. Well, the enterprise part is rated even higher endurance. It's rated. Well, no, I mean it's it will do. But do you think it's actually going to differ? I don't know exactly. Yeah, it, I mean, isn't that basically a warranty kind of thing? Yeah, it's it's more along the lines of warranty. And then when you when you hit the max counter on the on the client or the enterprise side, the drive goes rate only. Oh, so Wait, it's really it, it's a hard yeah, cut. It's go rate only when that's, it runs out of spares. That's when it's at its end and it can't do anything else. If you if it, if you wrote and there was more bad, then it has to do something in that case, right? So it basically is like okay, now I'm read only. Somebody, yeah, said, we, I mean, somebody said it goes read-only, and then after you reboot, it's bricked. It's not. It's just an OS can't enumerate a read-only device properly. So you have like, to put it in another system to do it. No, you so, just have to have your system, like, you have to read it with something, like, not Windows. You have to read it with something that can, like, mount yeah, yeah. mount a thing that's read-only that it expects to be right. read and writable. What right? I'm saying, if you had a bootable OS on it, you could not boot off of it anymore. Yeah, that wouldn't you work. You would have to put it into another system yeah, to Yeah, a secondary read the data. drive, yeah, yeah, and then you just, gotcha. like, recover your data off of it, yeah. right? But... Yeah. All right, that's enough 900p. We've touched on that enough. Let's look at some other things. Uh, we'll run through these a little bit quicker, a lot bit quicker. Uh, Jim posted a uh, part one of our ultimate cord cutting guide. And in this case, we're talking about television and cable cords, not anything else that you might be wondering about. Um, and this is part one of a multi-part where we kind of dive into this one. Uh, Jim dives into the options and, and uh, uh Positives and negatives, pros and cons of each. Um, do you care about 4K, HDR, surround sound, all that type of stuff? And then we'll go into implementing it and then kind of a longer-term uh, usage report on it. Um, we dive through devices. We talk about the we talk about the HTPC, which I'll mention at the end. Uh, we talk about NVIDIA Shield, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, Roku is in here, um, it's interesting as we look at all these different devices, they have a lot of different characteristics. The Shield is – it feels like it's been around forever now, right? But but it still has probably the best specs of all these out there in terms of content support um, and like capabilities, right? So you get the 4K HDR. Um, you get other things that you won't get any other device – you know, if you do game streaming, uh, you can use what is it, GeForce Now, or you can do what do they call it when it's just in home streaming? It's um, is it just game stream, Nvidia game stream? Yeah. Like if you have a PC on your network that has a GeForce graphics card, you can stream to your TV that way. Um, that works really well. Uh, they've implemented Google Assistant on the Shield TV, uh, so you can use the remote or the controller. You could say, you know, the, okay, Google on that, and my phone's going to wake up, and it's going to happen. <laughs> totally. Did. I was trying to. I was. I was trying. I was mentally trying to think of what else do I say? Do I just say you say the key term, and it will just, just wake let it go. Say, okay. Let it go. Google. Okay. Google. Oh, it uh, everyone's Google Home's going on. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> Sorry. Good Sorry, guys. Sorry. Oh no, it did. It works. Uh, Apple TV is actually a much better device now than it was. Now that it has 4K support and their media uh, collection is pretty is obviously very robust. Amazon's is actually pretty good too. And Roku, all these are actually pretty good options. We settled on the uh, the Shield mostly because it kind of has the best of all of those types of things. And then Jim dives down into the the problems that you have as a cord cutter. How do you get your live TV? How do you get um, your on demand stuff? 
Uh, we run through live TV subscription services like PlayStation View and DirecTV Now, uh, Sling TV, YouTube TV, um, which is which is now rolled out. From the time we started this project, I think YouTube TV was just launching and it only supported 15 – no, it only had – YouTube TV only launches in the areas where it has all of the locals, right? Yeah, they launched in like three markets. So, yeah, launched in three and then went up to 15. Now they're up to like 50. Yeah. Cincinnati area that we live in is actually one of them now. So like the World Series I'm watching on my laptop is through YouTube TV on, on Fox because I don't mm-hmm. have like an MLB thing because I'm not a crazy person. Um, uh, so it, it's actually a more interesting option. Now the PlayStation View is like this really weird thing that it's somehow the best live TV service made by Sony with a PlayStation brand on it. It has the best like DVR capability. It's cost effective. You can use it on up to five uh, devices uh, at the same time. It's again, and it, and again, it happens to be one where in this market, it has all, all of the major uh, locals, Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS. Um, and it, has so since we kind of decided that we were going to use Shield TV for this project, we're on Android TV. Um, there is no Direct TV Now app for Android TV, and what's the other one that there's no? Uh, other words, uh, what's the other one, Jim? The other one that doesn't have a Hulu TV, and YouTube TV was on that list, but now YouTube TV is coming to the Shield that they've announced. So that's what it is. Um, we talk about OTA support, right? Um, the Shield has support for HD Home Run, which allows you to have like its little network box that attaches to your antenna mm-hmm. that then gets you OTA if you want. But if you get one of these live TV streaming services that has all of your locals, you don't have to worry about it as much. Right? And Shield has support for Google TV? Apple TV or YouTube TV. Or Sorry, yeah. Do, do, yeah, yeah, it does. It, well, I don't know if it does today, but it's it coming in the next week. couple of weeks. They've announced that it's coming, yeah. it's coming to it. And it already does. I mean, Shield does a lot of stuff. It already does Flex. It already does. Right, right. And yeah, uh, yeah exactly. We, we talk about on-demand content. Um, Plex is kind of our, our go-to for that. We use that in the office a lot. If you have a lot of content already or you're getting your content through other means, Plex is kind of this great way to categorize and access all that type of stuff. And if you do decide you don't want a TV service like PlayStation View or whatever, you don't want to pay for that, you're okay with just the OTA, um, then the the Plex updates recently allow you to support playing back live TV in that and doing DVR and scheduling and all that yep. stuff through it. And then once you DVR to your Plex server, it's now accessible to everybody who shares your Plex server. It's like a normal piece of content that would have been downloaded and shared mm-hmm into your Plex server. The Shield TV has the ability to both act as a Plex server and as a Plex client, right? So if you don't want to have an external box in your machine and you're not worried about transcoding for lots of different people or whatever, you can hook up a, uh, a NAS if you have a network attached storage yep. and you just want the Shield to, to, to you point to it and save content there and access content there, you can do that. You can do a USB drive attached to it, which is actually pretty cool. Um, I wonder how much it can handle like doing that. Uh, in terms of transcode, have, they have stats on that on their support page. It's a surprising amount because it's all hardware, yeah. GPU accelerated on this, whereas that's kind of a beta feature for the desktop clients. So it's actually a surprising amount. Yeah. So Jim does a good job of kind of summarizing all that. Uh, what we decided to go with, you know, uh, the, the truth is this is a project that I. Uh, have been wanting to do myself for a long time, never found time to do it, pushed it upon Jim, said, mm-hmm. please save me on this. Because uh, I have this 4K uh, HDR 
LG TV that's been sitting over here forever. And I I told myself I wasn't going to install it at my house until I had this cord cut configuration with HDR support Uh. and all this type of stuff. Right. And so now that we have our roadmap in place, I'm ready to start changing the furniture out at the house to support uh, the new TV. So part two will be um, up relatively soon. This will be kind of just setting it up and configuring it, like what the logistics are of setting up an HD home run or configuring it to work with your TV. How do you verify that HDR is working? All these types of things. Where can you get HDR content from? Um, So uh, I'm looking forward to this, and I think this is something that – uh, every month I get my bill from Cincinnati Bell where I'm paying $140 for TV. I go, I know, damn right? it, that's another $140 I'm spending if I had – if You could have bought that TV. Just I probably – I've subsidized that TV out for sure yeah. uh, because of it. So that's our ultimate cord cutting guide part one, two, and three coming eventually, sooner rather than later. We'll see. Uh, and Ken wrote up this story. Is interesting. So the eighth generation mobile quad core processor, something we've talked about many times on this show. Um, these are the Cabby Lake Refresh, which is essentially taking a dual core, making it a quad core with hyperthreading support still inside these 15 watt thermal envelopes. We happen to have two of them in. We had an HP Spectre 15 inch. Was it a Spectre? Yeah. Yeah. Or was it an Envy? Spectre. I can't remember anymore. It's one of those. It's an HP Spectre X360. And uh, the Asus ZenBook 3 UX 490 UA. ZenBook 3 Deluxe UX 490 UA. They have the same processor, actually. Uh, The Spectre has an MX150. Kind of similar specs other than that, right? You know, one has a 4K screen and one has a 1080p screen. But, you know, 512 gig NVMe drive, Thunderbolt 3, all that type of stuff. What was our kind of uh, takeaway from this? What, what, What was interesting, Ken? So kind of the initial thing we did is getting these products in hand we were interested about performance of course so we ran through the normal suite of cpu benchmarks that we normally do for that i do for my notebook reviews yep uh we're looking at cinebench right now you can see an impressive gain over the dual core seventh gen parts yeah so that's the I mean, thinkpad essentially x1 double. score on the bottom the orange bar is a multi-thread and yeah the, the, almost double in the multi-threaded test which is about what you'd expect uh, and here you can see that the ZenBook 3 Deluxe is edging out a little bit. If you go to, I think Handbrake is probably the next test, you see a different story. So you see that the Spectre is way ahead of everyone. This is a this is a test where it's in time. So the lower the bar is, the shorter the yes, bar is, the lower better, is better the score. Yeah. And you can see that the ZenBook is way closer to the dual-core laptop. So this started to get us thinking about some potential reasons for this. If you if you think about these two laptops, the ZenBook is a very, very thin and light yeah. uh, 13-inch design, whereas the Spectre is a 15-inch design. And it's, it's, it's beefier. I mean, it's still, it's still be thin, considered it's still a thin and light ultrabook. Thin and light, yeah. But the ZenBook is like the MacBook Air type form Correct. factor. So, yep. I, so it was interesting because we, we saw that and – you're basically looking at the difference between a short burst multi-threaded test and a long form multi-threaded test. Mm-hmm. And as you as you went in there and found this, you kind of dove into the X264 benchmark and we did multiple runs. And uh, what 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 are we looking at here? This is so this shows uh, the degradation in performance on the ZenBook three versus the HP Spectre X360, right? Yeah. So if you look at it, the ZenBook three wins in the initial run, which. Uh, so X three six four is broken into two passes. There's pass one and pass two. Pass yeah. one is the less intensive. So the test starts. Pass one 
the ZenBook 3 wins. And then if you start going to – if you scroll down, you look at the past two results, it's losing. And it just continues to lose throughout iterations. Yeah. So we started tracking temperatures and clock speeds. Yeah, this is this is pretty interesting, right? Because if you think about it, these are the same processors – uh, in both of these systems. And the, the result in pass one is that the ZenBook 3 is faster, um, but not by, a, not by a huge margin, but by a small margin. And we wouldn't really think anything of that except that the you know, iterations 2, 3, and 4 are, are much, much lower. So when we look at this in terms of clock speed, and it's kind of hard to see. Maybe if I click on this, we'll see if it gets any better to see. Yeah, if you look at the beginning of this test, this is, this is frequency. They, they all kind of hit this 4 gigahertz mark. Instantaneously. Instantaneously, you know, mm-hmm. for uh, looks like 10 seconds maybe or something like that. And then they, they jump down because we've hit a thermal limit. We've hit a voltage limit. You know, the CPU is starting to heat up. But what you'll see is the blue line that is the ZenBook is staying higher for what do you think that is? 100 seconds, 80 seconds longer or something it like was that? something like that. Than the Spectre, right, which is what gets it through that first pass mm-hmm. of X264 the first time. Yeah, and if you look at the shape of this chart, you can tell pass one and pass two, essentially. Yeah. Yep, so th- this is the four and passes Every time it has a hump is when it switches. Yeah. And so what you'll see here now is that as we get into a longer test, the orange line, it has some variance to it, right? It's not a, it's not a perfectly smooth te- uh, result, but it's way more consistent than the, than the ZenBook. And consistently higher than the ZenBook. And consistently higher, right? Like, so you see these, these spikes down a lot into the under 2 gigahertz range on the ZenBook. So you're looking are, at pretty uh, tortoise in the hair. Um, not really. Yeah, I mean – Kind of right. So the longer the, the longer the test, the better the HP Spectre is going to look. Yep. In this in this particular uh, in this particular case, yes. And when you look at uh, the CPU temperature, you see the same type of thing, right? So again, the blue is the ZenBook, and it spikes up to 100 C real quick, uh, and you can see that this matches up well with the other CPU frequency data we saw, where it has to drop. I'm surprised it cycles the fans like that. Now it's this. Uh yeah, and it did that. When you could tell it was cycling fans. Yeah. Oh no, fans on the ZenBook stayed constant. Did they? So so it's like the thermal solution was catching up, and then it was yeah, it was like going back. further. Like, the, the, the fans, fans, the fans the were going speed? full tilt. Huh. And, and I mean, if you think about gaps, in, like it it takes a couple seconds look, before it goes into past two and before yeah, it goes yeah, into. It's just weird that it has too. that much like hysteresis to it or whatever. Like some mechanism in there was obviously hunting. Meanwhile, the, the Spectre seems very – it's very consistent, right? Like it's very yeah. – it's going up a little bit, but it, but it seems like they have that ramp down differently. If you look at CPU power in terms of watts, um, you'll see this as well. So actually in that thinner, lighter form factor, the Asus is using quite a bit more power initially uh, for that first 100 seconds, right? And then it all kind of stabilizes out, but you'll see that the blue here behind the orange – that it, it has to drop power draw quite a bit. And this is where you'll see the power draw matching the temperature graph that mm-hmm. we just showed, right? So um, so it seems like that that thermal graph is not due to the, the actual thermal system. It's due to the wattage being cut back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the fan speed staying constant okay. is, is a thing. So the, kind of the moral of the story is uh, when you're getting into form factors this drastic – Notebook CPUs, because of their same model, aren't necessarily the same performance. And that has been expounded in the past couple of years with Intel giving such control over OEMs to configure the TDPs of right. these processors and how they behave. Obviously, Asus knew that they were going to run into a thermal limit with the design at full tilt. So they made the 
the tune the process would be way more aggressive to get things done quickly and go back to idle, which for a lot of tasks, like uh, we didn't show it, but if you look at our PC mark benchmarks, it yeah. did pretty well yeah. because it's there's that's a lot of not running at 100%. It's a lot of like word processing and then close that and open video chat. So it's 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 all about the workload you're doing. If you want to if you want to encode video, don't buy don't buy the ZenBook. Don't buy the ZenBook. Yeah. Buy, buy the Spectre. But if you're just kind of looking for a laptop with a little bit better performance than a traditional Ultrabook and in a really nice form factor, I actually really like the ZenBook. It's a great option. Yeah, I, I, it's it's super interesting because the more we add cores to these types of things mm-hmm. the more you add gpu to it right as we get closer yeah. to raven ridge like all these things are going to matter yep when it comes out cuz you when you have this like there's no magic to the physics right you have 15 watts that's all you can do right <laughs> ask these phone guys who have been making <laughs> phone chips for two decades about what it's like to have to deal with 2 watts and have to get all this stuff done sometimes you have to make these sacrifices and i I actually think Asus probably made the right decision for their form factor, right? The likelihood of somebody wanting to do long-term transcoding or very long-term CPU tasks yeah, that's not what is that going to be low. That's not what that system is for. But on the other hand, Honestly. by configuring it the way they did, they're able to get much better short-term burst performance, mm-hmm. right? So I still think Asus probably made the right decision, but HP's is probably more in line with what Intel expected people yeah. to and do. And I mean, there's platform. not necessarily anything that says that HP couldn't have done the same bursty stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, they they have a better better thermal solution because they have yeah. more area. They have probably bigger fans. Haven't taken these laptops yep. apart, but there's just more area to dissipate the heat. So they yeah. could have done something like that. It just didn't seem as necessary. Yeah. I guess it's pretty interesting. We have um, in house now some other uh, Acer laptops. We're going to look. We have at. identical Acer laptops. Identical Acer laptops. One that has a two core. One that has a four core. One that has a four core plus an MX150. Which I think gives us uh, a unique opportunity to kind of look at actual proper proper comparisons. <laughs> yeah, it's so rare to be able to find systems, and and the chances are, like from the seventh gen to the eighth gen, they're not exactly the same internally. Yeah. Like we're going to take them apart and, and look, but they're going to it's as close as we're ever going to get, <laughs> right? Without designing Without these products Intel. or going to Dell, yeah, making our own reference systems, whatever have you. So um, we'll see about that. Got so any that, Ryzen's yet? No, I don't. I'm. I'm disappointed in that. It is November. We'll see. They tell me like on sale dates mid November. So I don't know if that means I'm going to get some before or we have to wait for on sale dates. But um, winter is coming. Yeah. We'll see. So uh, are you going to make Ken test these outside from now on now that the. Uh, yeah. The temperature is dropping. Yeah. Throttles way less outside. Over an AC dust. Yeah. Or outside in the cold only. Just lay it in the snow, see if it throttles. That's where in. I do all my crypto yeah. mining. Yeah. yeah. That's where I do all my phone testing, too, is over an AC duct. Um, all right, let's run through these things quick. This has been a long time. This has been a long... It's Alan's fault. Sorry. Uh, GTX 1070 Ti. So here's the secret. The reviews launch tomorrow morning as we record this. So I really can't talk to you about my review. Um, but they announced it last week. Well, Here's- I guess it's faster than a 1070 and slower than a 1080. Yes, but probably not by the <laughs> amounts that you were thinking. Oh, okay. Right. So here's here's the odd thing, right? This is I didn't have, I've been writing my review, so a lot of this is just going to come out. So sorry about embargoes, whatever. The 1070 is 399. <laughs> the 1080 is 499. Not a lot of space there. Yeah. We're going to put a new card. Guess how much it's going to cost? Then the middle one, 450. Right. Okay. So there you go. Um, but if you look at the specs, it's surprisingly fast. Like it's only um, one SM unit less than a GTX 1080. Right, it has yep. 2,432 CUDA cores, 
compared to 2560 of the 1080, but compared to 1920 of the 1070. So way higher on the CUDA core count. The clock speeds are actually closer to the 1080. Um, your texture units drop, but they're closer to 1080. You get 8 gigs of memory, but it's running at the GTX 1070 rates and, and speeds and, yep. and all that. It's GDDR5, not 5X. Mm-hmm. It's 8 gigabits per second instead of 10. Um, you know, same 256 gigabytes per second rating, but it has the 180-watt TDP rating of the 1080. Right? So you get – it's this weird mix between – and if you look at ratings, there's very little like – Compute peak compute rating difference uh, between them. It's worth that the TDP is all the way at the 1080 figure. Uh, you look at it this way: uh, what they're probably doing is a little bit of flexibility of yield. Yeah. Right. So these ones are maybe a little bit less efficient, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, the other interesting. Can, can I ask yeah, you yeah. a rather personal question? Uh, always. Okay. Oh, scroll up a little bit. Where in the hell can I find a GTX 1070 at three hundred forty nine dollars? That's a good question. <laughs> um, the answer is no. Yeah, let me let me check this. Uh, no, 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 not not a here on this on this side. So the price is closer to the 1080. Most of the specs are closer to the 1080. Yeah. Okay. So what would you expect performance to do? Probably closer Probably to probably closer to 1080, right? Which leads to the interesting part, right? So EVGA uh, sent us, you know, PDF docs of all of their systems they were they were launching. They're launching they're going to launch four different 1070 Ti's, but what they're not doing this time is all the clock speeds are the same, mm-hmm. right? They're all running at reference Founders Edition whatever clock speeds, and the reason is nobody will confirm this from Nvidia or, or their partners, um, but that it's very likely that if you know, a 1070 Ti FTW2 card came out with it pre-overclocked out of the box. It'd probably be a higher... <laughs> it would perform better than a reference 1080. 1080, yeah. And that just is like a quagmire of crap they don't want to get into, right? You yeah, know? yeah, it makes sense. Because they're basically releasing a product that's trying to squeeze into this space that has one purpose, which is to totally destroy and murderate the Vega cards, right? Like, that's its goal. It wants to... That's basically the Vega the, 56 that's, that's and the, the Vega price point of those, right? Like, um, that, are, they, are they matching? The I think price technically point? it's three. It's supposed to be three ninety nine and four ninety nine as well for the Vegas. Uh, okay, but whatever your mileage is going to vary on that, right? Yeah. Um. So, you know, the the term gets thrown around a lot that this is that reactionary products. Is this a reactionary product? Yeah, probably. Like, they could have done this at any point. Um, yeah. I do. I do still have. Yeah, a but they've beef. never done a seventy Ti before. <laughs> Right, and, and the timing is not coincidental, yeah. you know, I, all that type of I stuff. I do still have a beef with the one EVGA product where they chose to stick with their super clocked. It doesn't, no, it doesn't. We've had this discussion I know. and you're wrong. I'm still, you're wrong. It still rubs me the wrong way. You can't call, why would you call it super clocked when it's It's not, not. called super clocked. What's that say on that screen? SC, SC, SC. Super clocked. What's FTW stand for? For the win. Are you sure? Yeah. Sure they just didn't pick some words? No, or some letters. They spell it out on Fuck the box. The it's no. literally is called yeah. super clocked. Like I, I anyway. always like their SSC super super clocked. Yeah, that's the at C. Like I, I'm just telling you that you're wrong. Like so, if they chose to make an <laughs> SSC version of this, well, what is it? Is it clocked higher than the SC, which is clocked higher than the base model? No. On a, in a normal release, that would be the case. But, but not you, this one. On this one, you they Nvidia decided to not let vendors 
overclock out of the box. This is such an unimportant launch that that EVGA is not going to retool their entire product line. Yeah, exactly. They they did find and replace... Ten seven. Well, they just added. They a basically TI. did. They, like, those are the same naming conventions yeah, on all the other. All and they've done it cards. for several generations. So yeah. why? It's why just, that, it's up just now? that now it doesn't correlate to any clock difference, which is correct. You know, it all correlates to is a cooler difference. Yeah. Now at this point, right? And the, and a better cooler will mean you get better sustained clock speeds and all that type of stuff. Um, and and again, I. It's under embargo, so I can't tell you about the review, but the general story is that this is going to perform really close to a 1080 in a lot of instances. Yeah. And it all comes down to what is the availability going to be You didn't have like? to do any testing to say that. Well, I did do a lot of testing. I know, but you that. didn't have to to say, to say what you're saying so far. Like, yeah, but it, it, it does exactly what you think it would do. Like that should, yeah. I should literally post that in the review. It should just say it's exactly what That's you think it, it is. The end. <laughs> There's no pictures. No pictures, no, no graphs, no nothing. If only Vine was still around, you could just do that yeah. and embed it. Are you going to have your Dennis Green moment? I don't know. Oh, the chat they just are nailed it. who they the, thought we see, are. The, the, oh, SC, the SC and the 1070 TIs stands for stock clocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah, there you go. Is, is, uh, I don't know. It's still else. for the win. It's fine. Yeah. Still better cool. Like, like think if you're EVGA, you have a hybrid liquid-cooled version of this card coming <laughs> that's, out that's running at the same clocks as the you're one you're spend, selling. You're going to spend all that extra money on the cooler and everything else. But the truth, of it, the truth of the matter is people who are spending extra for those cards are more than likely doing their own overclocking. Oh, and, I know. And, you still have, and I want to make that point. Like, you still have the availability, the capability to do your own overclocking. You can still run Precision X OC and you can do all the overclocking that way. Yeah. And in fact, the new version of uh, XOC actually asks you when you first install it if you have a 1070 Ti. Hey, do you want to do an overclock real fast? And it like automates a thing, <laughs> right? So they're like, doing, they're getting, they're, they're just getting it out of the way early. They're like, look, like, we know Nvidia screwed us up on this. Do you want one, us to so put this, this card where it should have been when we sold? That's it to exactly you? what it is. Like again, we'll I don't just know if put this it is at that number, number, but like J, you know, EVGA <laughs> tells me, you know, this is this. This is basically meant to get people to the FTW clocks that we would have put on there anyway. That's pretty funny, right? So yeah. So there'll be a, a special version of Afterburner that comes with it that just has a button that says 1080 on it? That, yeah. They're, they're, you you mean, click it. And if there there you been in motherboard BIOSes for years. Yeah, I, I'm surprised somebody <laughs> hasn't done that. There's like a hardware switch that's like OC, and it does exactly what it would have done normally. But yeah. So if you want to read the review, it'll be up tomorrow. It's it's a really good card. Um, that's If you can find it priced 50 bucks less than a 1080, it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. If you can't, we're in the same damn story we've been at for weeks in terms of GPU availability. I mean, the performance so. per dollar at the base prices is better for the 1070 Ti. Like the performance per, um, per it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be close. I mean, there are some games where it's better or, or where it performs better than some other games, okay. right? So, uh, you know, depending on it, really depends on if they're memory bound, right? Because the 1080 is 320 gigs a second, 1070 Ti and 1070 are 256 gigs a second. So, if there's a memory bound case, yeah. Then, then it's going to lean towards the 1080 a little bit more. Um, hey, you know, more power to NVIDIA. This is this is clearly a middle finger to the to the Radeon <laughs> group thing. Like, oh yeah, the, the, your Vega 56 was cool. It you know competed really well in these cases. Here's this right. Um, Drop drops mic. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, so as long as you could buy them for the price, we'll that, see. And and you know. it looks like Vega cards are priced aggressively. To time with this release, mm-hmm. not a coincidence again. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened when Vega came out. Suddenly, you could find some 1070s and some 1080s for their MSRPs. Um, so regardless, competition good. New release is good. Yeah. 1070 Ti, good card. Yep. 
uh, that's the review. Probably. You Probably. Don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to show up tomorrow anymore. Sorry. All right. When I said quick, let's go through these even more quicker. Like PCIe version four. How much faster is it, Jeremy? Almost two. Almost two. Almost to all, you know, overhead and such. Oh, but okay. yeah, 16 giga transfers are just a hair under 32 gigabytes a second. So, you know, just just about twice as good. Any other dramatic uh, changes? In supposedly, it is going to allow you to exceed 300 watts. Uh, you're still only allowed 75 watt at the slot. Slot. Yeah. slot. So <laughs> slot. I guess three six pin connectors. They, it seems odd, but maybe for quadro cards and those sort of uh, higher end now. cards, it could be a thing. So the thing that some people were already doing. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That, that, okay. that was but my no, dig official. is yeah. we've definitely seen this on some products. Oh, so they say 225, so I can clearly go up to 400 now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you have to have the one power supply that can handle it. <laughs> well, no, you get two power supplies. Your GPU now gets a power supply. Yeah, yeah external power brick. Exactly. Just put Which a has, power connector on the uh, back of the GPU where the I.O. is. Uh, when when does this come out? When do I have all my new uh, PCIe 4.0 cards and stuff? It's a secret. Oh, damn. Chaz asking, yeah. are we saturating They're, PCIe V3 yet? Well, yeah. No. Actually. Yeah, this no, is like revision point nine. No, I mean, so it, it saturates it. It does it for very short periods of time, but it saturates it. When, you know what's kind of cool and interesting? Transferring what's that? Textures to the buffers and stuff. Is that, uh, you know, at this ARM thing I went to last week, they had a whole session on uh, ARM uh, CPUs, SOCs, uh, integrated PCI 4.0. Right. And in using the, uh, the new ARM uh, C6, you know, the thing that says CCIX, yep. you could do cache coherency across PCIe 4.0. So they're expecting... Possibly 16 lanes of non-cache coherent PCI controller for server chips, as well as another 16 lanes of cache coherent. So that's how they're going to, um, you know, in- increase the amount of cores on on some of these server-based products that will utilize uh, ARM cores. Interesting. So it's, you know, they don't. Uh, they're they they're just kind of using. Uh, off-the-shelf stuff, attach it uh, with a special control over CCIX, and it just acts as another layer over PCIe 4. And yeah, with uh, chips having 16 lanes at least, that's that's a lot of bandwidth in between uh, uh, yeah. these these low-power server chips. So it's going to be kind of fun, interesting to see what they do with PCIe 4.0. Yeah, and I mean, there's SSDs that are running up against four lanes worth saturating yes, but only four lanes mm-hmm. but only four lanes well the thing is now you can stick with the four lanes and get double right. the throughput right because i mean lanes no. still equate to pin out and pin yeah. count and stuff like that yeah. when, when looking at exactly. like processor integration and stuff so being able to get more out of four lanes is, is and, still and m.2 like m.2 will go pcie 4.0 you're limited to four lanes like you can't fit more pins on m.2 you just sure. you can't fit anymore yeah, like, if you try hard enough you probably could i mean maybe but just there's just if not you make enough them room. tinier they're pretty tiny. More tiny. Well, yeah. All right. That's PCIe Gen 4. Uh, mi- uh, Microsoft Andromeda? What? What is this? It's, that's the bad Andromeda. Andromeda. It really works that into everything. He tries. I, every game. <laughs> it actually fit that time, but, you know. All right. What is it, Jeremy? It's, it's not the courier. No. Because, you know, the courier didn't really go. Oh, All right. I... <laughs> It's a it's an e-reader, but 
You see those little notches in the middle? 124 and 122? It folds. What? Yes. It folds. Is it a single screen that folds? They won't tell us. So we don't know if it's two separate screens with a hinge in the middle, which (laughs) is boring. It's a single screen. (laughs) Or if it's an actual single screen, all of a sudden this is kind of nifty. I don't know. Folding it in half like that, that's a pretty tight... Have you not paid attention to the demos that have been happening for years of that? I'm, and I, Sa- Samsung yeah. has said they're going to like productize... Flexible I mean, is different than foldable, though, which I think is what Alan's getting to. Flexible like if you create a, a 180 it's, it's degree... 180 hey, guess degrees. what? It could be foldable like the Surface Book is foldable. Uh, Yeah, that's true. It, it could yeah. it could have a it, if they force it to yeah, be able to have, have, have a, a crease in the thing. Yeah, I yeah. want it to be like a piece <laughs> of sheet of paper where being... I put my fingernail down and I <laughs> increase the, <laughs> I hit that crease. They're down. talking about it being roughly the same size uh, as a phone when folded. Mm. So okay. like, the idea is that this is something you can just fold up, put in your pocket, and wander aware, around with. It's even going to have LTE capabilities, from what uh, the weeks have been saying. So it, it's more of a a business phone that gives you enough space that you can Ooh, actually business. lay it out and show people stuff and do things. Business, business, so business, business. <laughs> it's definitely got to be folded in half. It's just, you know, are we going to be buying a new one every single year as right. the uh, fold sort of cracks a little bit? All these bit? pixels stopped working on this crease. <laughs> Strange. That's so weird. Oh, yeah. well. And one side's a little red and one side's a little blue. I just, I don't get it. Uh, Jeremy also posted a news piece about the MSI Aegis. 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 Aegis, Aegis 3, Aegis. which is a mini ITX. It's a shield made by Zeus. It doesn't look like a shield. It looks like a PC. <sighs> uh, it looks like uh, sure Isaac from uh, Dead Space, if you look at the front of it. So this is a pre-built, <laughs> right? So this is a, yes. a, a pre-built review from the Tech Report. Easy uh, $1,000 machine. Uh, it comes with a keyboard and a mouse in there, which is, I guess is nice. It yeah. has a 16 gig Intel Optane cache as Case part of drive. it. Yep. Case, 1060 case in it. 1060, Core i7, 7700, non Yeah. So, I mean, it's the idea is that all you need is a monitor or your TV. You buy the thing, you plug it in, away you go. So, it's sort of like a, a – that is an antenna. It looks or, like no, – sorry, that's what you hang your uh, headsets off of. Wait, which one is it? I, really? I want you guys to get one of these so that Ryan can take a picture of him standing on it. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good picture. Oh, it is tiny. Um, so it, this looks like the uh, uh, like the winglet on uh, who is the Greek god or Roman god? Hermes. Say again. Hermes. Yeah, yeah that's Conrad? what it reminds me of. Is there one on each side? Yes. Yes, there is. So nice. that you can hang your VR goggles on one side and your headset on Wait, the other. Are they really to hang stuff or are they antenna? They are to hang stuff. Oh, okay. Unless you don't want to. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. It just depends on what Sadly, they're not RGB. Yeah. Uh, so that's a review over at, at Tech Report. You guys can check out if you're interested in that. Um, and then this one, uh, I don't know anything about mem wristers. So what is what is the what is the breakthrough that you're talking well, it's just about here, like Jeremy? regular resistors. Yeah, th- I'm pretty no, sure those are just regular find resistors. Find a sexy picture of a mem wrister <laughs> that wasn't totally different technology. Fair. Because what these guys have done um, is go. With uh, essentially doping uh, some organics onto metal to create uh, a memristor. So, the, long story short, memristor is a lot like NAND or non volatile RAM in that uh, it's super fast, but it will hold 
the, the data, even if you don't have any power to it. Now, there's been a couple of problems. One is it's been slow because uh, you're switching states. So we, we've covered this before with other sorts of te- storage technology where essentially you send an electrical signal through it and it either crystallizes uh, the storage medium or it decrystallizes it. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing here. Uh, but these guys are saying that uh, it can switch states in 30 nanoseconds or less, which ain't bad. Uh, certainly better than a lot of the previous ones that we've seen come out. Mm. But still, you know, there's some room for improvement. It's they can hold their state to... for 11 and a half days without, without power. power and an expected lifetime of 10 to the 12 cycles. What What is the advantage of this? Why are people researching this as opposed to... What we have it's now, NAND or whatever. Frickin' dirt cheap. Okay. Um, because you can essentially grow these things uh, as opposed All to right. having to etch it out like you do current uh, silicon. And a lot of the stuff that you use to create these are not the ridiculously rare metals that we're running out of and that have not only, you know, poisonous runoffs, but are just sort of difficult to work in uh, in manufacturing capabilities. These are ridiculously cheap in comparison and much, much easier. Like, you can do it in a much uh, less expensive facility. All right. I'm looking forward so to having it, a Mim Rister, Mim Rister tree. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's less effort to change its state, right? For, like, Crosspoint, you have to literally melt metal. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Tiny bit of metal, but you yeah. still, it takes, like, you know, like, this is not that, you know, not right. that involved to change its state. And uh, that 10 to the 12th endurance like i think yeah. cross point is somewhere between like 10 to the 8th and 10 to the 9th oh really okay. so yes and that already has really good endurance right so like this, this is, is even better than that this okay is, That's yeah interesting. way higher than that so puts it in context and these Probably. will switch on uh a tenth of a volt okay yeah so, so i mean yeah. it's you know the the fact that it can't hold for that long Unless is an issue is, yeah you need something refreshing it periodically yeah but you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of an intermediate memory that's, time. you know, it's not as fast as RAM, but it's a whole lot faster than than SSDs. And so, you know, they're looking at it kind of more of a uh, a more stable, fast cache that that can be huge in size. Well, 30, 30 nanoseconds is you're getting you're almost at RAM speeds. Um, and the read that's for writes. The reads is probably as fast as you can measure a voltage across a thing with current going through it because it's just a resistor. Yeah. Right, so it's just like it's. It all depends on how fast can you sense what the resistance is. Right, um, hmm. it's interesting. Well, good job, Yale. I guess. Yeah. I guess. For this, uh, real quick, Nvidia released uh, some drivers. AMD released some drivers. Uh, I think today or yesterday as well. Um, uh, Wolfenstein two drivers have come out. This one is uh, for Call of Duty World War Two, which comes out the what tomorrow. No, day after tomorrow, the third, I think, is when that comes out. The new Call of Duty. Uh, funny story about technology and old people. I was at the, I was at a restaurant with my mom, and a commercial came on for Call of Duty World War II. Now it was a pre-rendered sure. cutscene commercial, and me and my nephew were there. And he pointed out, he's like, "Oh, I want to, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to get that game when it comes out." Whatever. <laughs> and my mom was like, she did not believe it was a game. <laughs> like oh well, that's a movie right what are the is it based on that movie he's like no mom that's actually a video game and she was like blown away I mean again pre-rendered so not like in-game footage but if you look at something like Battlefront I still think that is close to that level so of what, stuff, what I what I found funny in like because Wolfenstein has like pre-rendered like some cutscenes sure. pre-rendered right like honestly 
I think the game might look a little bit better than the pre-rendered oh, really? stuff. Yeah, because they have to compress it down to include it with the game, and the, sure. some of the cutscenes are kind of long, right? Like the, I mean, Just obviously make everything the re- like Half Life Two. Like the resolution was clearly lower, right? But you know, like before, you know, you'd see games where oh, they put a lot of effort into those pre-rendered things. Oh and yeah, like, the now, Final Fantasies were. Yeah, the best example. It wouldn't surprise me if they made these pre-rendered cutscenes with just probably the same game engine. Just they had more control over right. They can maybe render it a little bit slower. They have to do it in real time, but then they have to compress it. And yeah, but if you're playing it on good hardware, like you know, it's it's basically the the game was like. The point is, if you're buying new games, update your damn drivers. Yeah, Yeah, these guys are doing a good job of getting that stuff implemented. Uh, this one was kind of interesting. Scott posted this. NVIDIA Volta V100s are now available for you to access through the AWS uh, oops, AWS cloud systems, I guess. Um, the Tesla – see, so they had the Tesla P100 in there already, which was yielding 10 teraflops of single precision performance. The V100 has over 14 teraflops. Um, you know, and he goes into some detail about the FP math that is supported on each of these. Um, you can, uh, Amazon allows up to eight of them at once with their P3 16X large instances. Has anybody looked up what those actually cost per uh, minute? No, I forgot. Because we could do that, uh, like some coin mining on these guys. The thought has run through our mind. How much do they charge you to benchmark it? That's, that's what, what I, I that's, want that, that was what I was saying. Is the thought has come up is can we like fire up a Windows one and do some benchmarking and stuff on it? <laughs> Freaking 3D mark. We could run, we could run synthetics reliably yeah. on it. Uh, you know. get a $1,500 bill by, from Amazon <laughs> at the end of the month. But that, that's cool. It's worth it. Oh, that's shoot, it. I forgot to turn it off. I mean, it probably wouldn't be that bad. But any, anytime we've done, we'll like, pay you back in Bitcoin. Anytime we've, we've done, like, coin mining a few more months. Anytime we've done coin mining comparisons, it's been like you know break even. Or, oh no, or, or no. That's, that's back in the heyday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and it doesn't make financial sense to do that kind of stuff now. Well, that, but my point is, unless like, you accidentally get gifted a whole bunch of hours of free server time yeah. or something like that, then maybe you use that for that. Yeah. Did you find me an answer yet, Ken? On the, um, almost there for the, for the P3 16x large instance. My point is, if you're only if you only need it for like a few hours, it probably wouldn't be that bad. Probably twenty know. bucks. Yeah, yeah, that'd be my guess. But that may be the only time I ever get to see a, t- a Tesla. You're wasting more time, wasting more time installing Windows than running the tests. <laughs> uh, the P3 with one V100 is three dollars and forty-two cents an hour. Yeah, so there you go. What about? Is it scale linearly with eight of them? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> How much is Does one of the servers exponentially? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven dollars an mm. hour. Well, four times eight is actually less than yeah. Linear. Yeah. You're getting uh you're getting a deal. Yeah. What well, processor is included in that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's a single core. <laughs> it's just it's one fine. core. So how much extra would it be to ship them your frame rating rig and have the uh Amazon technician <laughs> hook that up? An infinite amount of money. Yeah. 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 I mean there is a in Columbus is where they have they don't have those there. They don't have the Tesla. That's the, that's the availability zone I looked in first. Where's it at? Uh the Virginia East, U.S. Yeah, East, okay. yeah. I mean, yeah, I can, you I, know, that's a drive. I, I could go out to Virginia. Yeah, yeah it's like ten hours. From Somehow, here. I don't think there'd be game ready drivers. <laughs> oh, that's true. We, well, can you just install new drivers on it? No, they, that's they true. don't exist. That's true. If I go to GeForce.com, I probably can't download a Tesla V100 driver, huh? No, I, I know some so. people. Let me find out what I can get on here. <laughs> 
Josh, you um, went to Arm TechCon last. Was that last week? It was last week. Was it? last week? It's last week. Uh, one of the things that we have learned about is there are other things that will be coming out as we as we go. One of them is the Mali D seventy one display processor. In a shortest shortest time frame, what is interesting about this, and and why do consumers care about what this is? Okay, so you know, obviously, something that people really probably don't consider very much is how images are are transferred from the GPU to the screen, and uh, for most of us, it's all just kind of pure magic, but. There's a lot going on there, and this is technology that that people have you know taken a lot of time to, to build up. As we're getting closer to you know 4K screens, and especially in in VR solutions, which you're going to have two essentially 4K screens, you need to have the bandwidth and the ability to be able to paint those pictures. So you get a frame from the GPU, you got to paint those onto the screen. And you yeah. got to do it fast. You got to do it with low latency, and you got to do all kinds of other kind of fun things to to the image to make it look correct when it gets to the screen. And so the previous generation of of stuff from ARM, uh, it was you know it was fine, but it was like you know 4K at uh, 30 hertz it could do, um, and that's just like one screen. Well, now they've they've doubled the performance. But they've done some really smart things. Um, they've really taken a good look at, at the workloads of this product. They have uh, dedicated hardware that does a bunch of different things. So you can read there um, just some of the stuff that's in it. Um, so it, it has a huge amount of throughput. It's seriously about half the size on the same process node as the previous version. So they've really done a lot of really good design work. Uh, they've really done some really interesting things to be able to get the the draw throughput up and the latency down so you can you can i mean they're they're guaranteeing 4k 120 hertz performance from this now a mobile gpu is is probably not going to be able to provide the the frame rates necessary um you know the the actual frames to to be able to saturate this but it's a start, and they're removing a bottleneck, and so it's going to be really interesting all it can do. I mean, it's got the Asserted Display 5, which provides all kinds of HDR support. Um, it's just really interesting when you start digging down to see how much technology is in the background that you're not really paying attention to. And this is one of those things. So they released three parts, the D71, the MMU600, which is the... Uh, memory unit, memory multi, I can't remember exactly the memory management unit, memory management unit. And, uh, you know, it communicates really, really uh, quickly with the CCIX or C6 and is tightly optimized, well, tightly integrated with the, uh, the Mali G70 series of GPUs. You can uh, potentially use this with other GPU products, but Mm. it would take a lot of work. And initially they're, uh, aiming at Android and Linux driver support, but they did not rule out any kind of Windows support in the future. So huh. it's going to be interesting to see where this comes out. This is not going to show up until 2019, no. Yeah, that's the kind of the issue with looking at a lot of these uh, uh, mobile technology announcements is that there's there's a longer productization tail than we see on a lot of other stuff. So. 
pretty cool nonetheless. Uh, we'll was, have that, more, was that fast enough for you? Yeah, no, I was impressed. It was good. And we'll have more from uh, Josh's time at Arm TechCon coming up, coming up soon. So keep an eye out for that wonderful stuff. Uh, last on our list, computational phase change memory. Uh, Jeremy, you posted this. I'm curious about what this is and maybe how it compares to what Alan has written about in terms of Optane stuff. Well, um, in an essence, it is Optane. I mean, Optane's phase change memory. Yeah. We, we know what that is. We know what it does. Uh, and so that's not the neat thing about this. The bizarre thing about this is that they're using phase change memory to perform simple computations with no external processor. Huh. They have, yeah, uh, like read through the article because it's it's a little bit beyond me, to be perfectly honest. Um, but essentially what uh, the example they gave is you take a sensor uh, attached to a rain station, and as soon as it rains, it sends a signal, and your memory switches from a zero to a one. This is done across a large array of memory, and using a set pulse, they can actually read and tell you where rainfall patterns are. Oh. So it, it is basic computation without a processor, just purely memory. Yeah. Makes sense. This it, is how I want my kind next of relational me. database. <laughs> uh, just sort in of, ones but, and zeros and phase change memory. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess it's already yeah, that But, way, you, but. you don't have an external processor to be able to uh, handle the computation. You, you can do it uh, via math just from how... Oh. You're just what, storing what the, you're just data, storing the data directly to the... You know, you're taking what would be a data input and you're not bothering to compute it. You're just basically just dumping it straight into the base change memory. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It, it's really bizarre. It's worth the read, um, especially if you follow through, although it's behind uh, the nature paywall. So, I mean, you can't get the full paper, but there's a couple of links and a guy in the uh, comments added a couple of others. So you can read a bit more about it. It's just freaking neat. Huh. Very cool stuff. Very cool. All right, it's time to get into our hardware software picks of the week, and I don't have one. <laughs> You're a loser. He says as you he big looks, loser. Who looks at the things. Um, you going to pick your coin? No, no, I would not recommend that to anybody. <laughs> they went out of business. Yeah, yes. I'll let you cheat. Sure. I'll let you cheat. Uh, Since I didn't pick it. Oh, yeah, 900p. <laughs> uh, 599 well, this is a 280 gig variant. That one's a 389, I think. Yeah. Think. Yeah. 280 is an odd number. Why 280? No, it's an even number, uh, actually. It's just the way that... Huh? <laughs> that's... Yeah, of course. That's Ken. Can I throw it at him? <laughs> no, 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 like, no, I, no. I, I, no, I don't no, think no, it's the no. comment section. We only have currently. one of those. Um, no, it's the way they, or, they orient the chips on the board. It's a seven-channel controller. They're trying to keep either nothing but... One like one die packages or nothing but a group of two die packages. Like so, if you when you rearrange those, you come up with like you know we can we can calculate out what the theoretical other capacities of this thing would be if we wanted to. Yeah, uh, you know. Hey, but, any chance this was originally going to be called the nine thousand P? No comment. <laughs> okay, I think maybe. I think they erased a zero and put a P in its place. Mm-hmm. Probably. They they put a sticker the there. Down. Uh, is this so? Is this actually for sale now? Can you buy these? Are they it's, actually uh, shipping for sale? Um, I think, think Newegg had pre-orders. Yeah, they had pre-orders. pre-orders up for them. 
I'm curious to see what the adoption is. I, I, I feel like the excitement over storage tech is is you know something occurred to me higher than than people would have thought. Or, a, a demographic or that would care about this occurred to me the other day. Okay, good. Great. I was watching a speed run of a game. Yeah, and there are different load times. There are different types of speed runs, and one type of run includes all the load times. Uh, I'll just stick it on a random. There's disc. some that you start the counter at the beginning. Yeah, so okay, whatever. So system performance and, matters, and your system performance and your level load time matters. There was a guy that did a, a speed run of Cuphead, which was amazing to watch. By the oh, way, oh I bet. Holy crap! Um, he basically speed run Cuphead and died once. Impressive. From front to back, the whole you game. Died? What? what I died I've never played the well, game. Well, you, you I think start I've died back. And, you know, if you die, you start back. You shouldn't whatever. die in a speed run. Well. No, well, it's, it's, still, kinda, it's still yeah. young in the game's life, right? So, but the point was, like, the timer was including all the load times. Yeah, because that's how they're they're running that game. Apparently, it's right? expensive, but um, uh, I like it. But if you were going to pay two x the amount on an asset, like the load times were it was taking a few seconds per thing. Yeah, but you don't know that it'll be any faster. With the the we don't know for sure, faster, but uh, um, it would probably have an impact when you're counting seconds and you're going for world records. As I normally do in life. Well, you know. Just across most things. Yeah. I think that's a very, 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 very small demographic. <laughs> speed running. <laughs> speed running. Two guys. time community. Yeah, that's true. Well. All right. Uh, Jeremy, are you first? I can be. What's your pick? Um, I'm what thing? it is, so I think I'm on the right page. Isn't Josh supposed to be? Wait, no, I, Josh I, is not supposed to be first. Why is he here beforehand? I don't know. Line? This got screwed up. That's my fault. Okay, there we go. Fine. Somebody has admitted Bad it. Bad person. Jeremy, you go Bad. first, and now we're going to rearrange okay. the show notes later. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Uh, so there were some researchers that were screwing around uh, with the usual training set uh, of pictures for image recognition with AIs. And they figured out that on a picture with uh, 1,024 pixels, they could switch one pixel and the damn thing couldn't tell the difference between a horse and on an automobile. This worked on three quarters of all of the the industry standard ones out there. A single bloody frickin' pixel. Well, in their defense, in their defense, they are putting a white or a black pixel (laughs) in there. Yeah, but I think the point is valid. Like, I see that picture of the horse with the yellow dot on its cheek, and I'm still know that's still a horse. You know it's not a car. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so cranking that, they they did it with a bigger ones. So like a, a 280,000 pixel image, they switched 273 pixels. If on a fair sized uh, image, your eye isn't going to pick it up like it does on this. So right, because they don't have to be in a I, single cluster; they can just be in a couple of places. So the automobile so turns you'll into never an be able to tell by adding a white dot. Yeah, Literally one dot. white dot. See, now this is where the doomsdayer for like self-driving cars comes in and says if a horse walking down the street that has a big yellow mole on its face for some reason is um, now no, a no, no. Is now Even a better, your camera, a pixel on your camera has now failed and it's hot. Or what if you get a speck on the lens? Or that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right now there's all, oh my God, I'm, I'm never going to have so, a self-driving well, car. Now. What's really cool about this is that these guys are not just machine learning the fact that the thing can identify different things. Now they're like, oh, let's throw random pixels in there and the machine learn that. Right? So they basically told this thing to yes. do this. And then they walked away for a while. And they came back and went, oh, look. Like this airplane turns into a dog. No, and this I car think this turns is on the... 
this is this is like this they, is during the recognition part, right? I'm with you, but it's still yeah, they're training. They're training it, so they're like, oh well, what happens so if now they're, we? They're telling what that, happens hey, if by we the way, did dummy, this? That's a horse. So not only are they machine learning the regular process of trying to identify things, but they're using machine learning to figure out, okay, well, what are the error modes for this? Right. What are the failure modes, and how do we fix that? Because now they're going to have to come up with what's the fix. That frog right? one is really confusing yeah. to me. The frog to truck, like. Even I don't more get, confusing if you're I don't, I don't get how the I don't get how the stealth bomber <laughs> turns from airplane into dog with one dot where it is behind it. Yeah, I don't. like that makes no sense to me. None of these really make Stupid sense to computers? me. Computers. It's just that something in the algorithm is just like laser focused on if there's a bright dot, right? And this this story should single handedly destroy the AI machine learning uh, <laughs> stock market bubble that is out there. There you it's go. Certainly uh, wounded it a bit, <laughs> oh, and it or make it extended because we're going to need way more GPUs. To tell us that frog is not truck. I don't know that, that airplane. The, uh, the stealth bomber looks like a parrot. Frog is not truck. <laughs> a little bit. AI will not be <laughs> complete until we know that frog is not truck. Okay, right. that needs to be on a shirt. Ten cents per gig. Frog is not truck. Frog does not equal truck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That seems Twice. like a pretty easy T-shirt to make yeah. as well. Actually, and while before we get to the next one, uh, we 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 did have only one uh, patron edition here. With they increased their patronage from fourteen ninety nine to fifteen ninety nine a month with the uh, name. Uh, How are the Josh Check T-shirts coming along? Just edited their pledge. It's a good question. Uh, well, we got a new one for you now. Now we got a new one for our designer to work in. <laughs> Fro- frog. Frog is frog not is truck. not track. All right, now Josh, I'm ready for you. Me, you. You know Do what? It. Yes. I want I want sound cards back. You like sound cards, and this is a way to start. Makes optical yeah. drives and sound cards. Well, look at this yeah, monster. I'm living back in 1999. <laughs> I've, I've tested Omega stuff before. Like the they watch make company? very solid cards. They have good components in there. It's uh, pretty much the same chip as what uh, Asus has for their lineup, except it's not branded their Asus V100 that, or whatever. It's C Media or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's a C. Uh, yeah, C Media 80. I like that still has these something. optical audio. Connectors on them. Isn't that awesome? Well, how else will I get my CD audio? Exactly, but it's uh, PCIe, man. So you're all there. Baby. I mean, they were smart about it. They put the you know they put the digital coax like closer to the motherboard, so that's where all the noise is. So it doesn't matter because it's mm-hmm. digital, right? You know, and then the analog stuff's further away. And plus, they got this blue thing down here, and that's pretty cool. They do. I don't know what that does, but so, I like it. Does this sound card require its own power connector? No. 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 <laughs> Bus powered. No. I like it. That's only by one. Don't think about how much power the bus now. Seventy five watts. Now we're not back. Do you get seventy five watts uh, by one? Uh, no, not not there by one. Yeah. The really? power the power connectors are all in the in the front section. Yeah, because that's how those by one uh, extenders yeah, can right. work. Yeah. yeah. All the rest is just data. Yeah. 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 Finally. Yeah. Although you're, cool. you're not supposed to draw more than uh, twenty five. Yeah. If it's, yeah. If it's not a GPU. Supposed to. That's why SSDs are limited to twenty five. It's such a stupid uh, restriction. Even by four? Yeah, doesn't matter. By eight? Yeah. By so by 16, you can suddenly do 75. No. Wait, what? No. You can't what do any SSDs over 25? It's a n- not per the spec. Only GPUs are allowed to violate the twenty, the original 25 <laughs> What if they just watt? solder a dead Voodoo GPU to it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't see anything wrong with uh, the drawing 75 because... It's using the same pins. It's yeah. like all the same stuff. Yeah. It's just that the spec says only if it's a GPU is it allowed to go past 25. That's just how it is. Huh. That's like componentist. 
I, yeah. But anyway, that's that's yeah. that's like a five watt card. So shut yeah, your yeah. mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, five watts. Well, no, what is it really for like, oh, so it's not like a headphone Stage app watts or home watts? Don't know. Don't care. Moving no, on. Just... Moving on. I'm out. All right. Alan. Uh, up, upgraded the camera. Um, RX10 Mark IV. I used to have a Mark III. That's what I took all my review pictures with and whatnot, right? Um, God, they were amazing. But it did, uh, it did contrast detect focus, which was kind of a weak point of that camera because... It would kind of hunt if it was in low light and like, you know, new cameras nowadays and SLRs and well, they have like phase detect. Right? Yeah, even some smartphones do that. Even now. some smartphones have yeah. that now. So it's kind of like, you know, hey, Sony, put that in your camera already. So they put that in the camera. So the focus is like you say it, put that in their camera like they don't have other cameras. Well, they have other cameras that have. Uh, yes. Phase and it showed up in the it showed up in like the A9. Yeah, yeah. recently. Like right? the, the A7S2 we have is kind of bad with AF. And I don't think it does face detect. No, I think it's contrast based. You know, I, I like I like how it's they brag about the, the R3. On there. The R3 just launched, which means that there'll be an S R3. Or the the what is the what's our camera that we have at the office? The A7S. Yeah, so the A7S A7 R Mark III. Yeah, uh, just came out. That also has phase detect pixels. So basically, they upgraded their sensor technology and they included this stuff. Yep. Right. Uh, this model only has a one inch sensor, but that allows it to have a reasonably sized shape non-interchangeable lens but the lens goes from 24 to 600 millimeters mm-hmm. which is pretty That's crazy the same as the last gen same as the last gen right the, the, all the lens specific stuff is the same as last gen but the focus is super fast now even in like poor light doesn't mm-hmm. matter and they carried over not just uh, some of the sensor technology but some of the like the processor that's in the a9 which is a very expensive camera Mm-hmm. A9 is the one that like shoots continuous and doesn't black out. And, like, yep. It's like for sports photographers, right? That camera shoots at 20 frames per second and is able to focus in between each shot, right? This camera, since the sensor is smaller and has the same <laughs> processor, shoots 24 frames per second continuous with focusing. It's crazy. It's like you're basically shooting film, right? It's not stop motion at that point. I it, don't need that. It's, yeah, it's, it does that, right? Uh and it'll so do. So you're saying that it is fast AF. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and anyways, and the uh, that's a t-shirt. And the um, the buffer, you know, because they only do that for so long. Picture like, of a camera. The SD fast card AF. can't keep up, right? Um, but it'll shoot that. Like if you're shooting JPEG, the buffer's like over 200 shots. 249, it says. Yeah, and then uh, RAW is like it's over 100. I don't know if you, do you have that number. No, it's not on that listing right there. Oh, it's not. Okay. It should a lot of 10-second videos. Which you sort of could. like, And, and the, uh, <laughs> the high-speed um, high video, which we've used for some testing, for like response time mm-hmm. for screens and whatnot, right? Uh, they, dub- they basically doubled the buffer. So now what used to be, you know, only two seconds at high quality is now like closer to four and stuff like that. Cool. They're going to be carrying so, a bandolier SD cards around. It's just like it, it's so now that that camera has now finally evolved to the point where it's doing like all of the things, and it's all in one camera. Okay, you don't have market to change. time. No, I'm just yeah. saying. So, so in five years, I can trade a motherboard to you for this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh traded a motherboard to me for something in the past. One of my previous no, because so when, when the Mark V comes out in 11 months, he's going to pre-order that and have this so, one for sale. The only thing that's disappointing about this is there was a the RX-10 Mark 1 and 2 
were a 200 millimeter f2.8 fixed mm-hmm. and then they came out with the three which is that lens yeah right goes to 600 millimeters yeah but if you only zoom it to 200 you're not at f2.8 you're you're basically at f4 Uh-oh. so mm-hmm. in some respects if you preferred you know more open lens uh, but you didn't, didn't care about zoom, zoom yeah now yeah. you're stuck two generations behind with the mark ii camera <laughs> i can't believe it so you don't get the focus pixels you don't get any of the other that's you know, just unacceptable or the phase attack or whatever. No, throw it in the yeah. garbage i wouldn't I even know. get a refund it's just a shame that's what i'm saying Fair you know enough. what's best about this all? What's that, Josh? It's it's the cameras within reach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Camera that I traded to Josh, yeah. Yeah, many, many moons ago. That one actually makes sense to be within reach. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's your, a camera. It's not as surprising as some of the other things you pull out of drawers. Desk mm. drawers. Desk, desk drawers. really good. Yeah. All right, everybody, that's going to be it for the show for this evening. Thank you for joining us. PCPro.com slash podcast is where you can go find URLs to our links that we've discussed, RSS feeds, uh, videos, all that crap that you need is all at PCPro.com slash podcast. I have crap to write, so we will be back next time. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Horace. And I'm Alan Alentano. Good night, everybody.